Hello, this is the Young Gunners from the Texas Young Lawyers Association. We cut through the noise and discuss practical tips and challenges facing new attorneys in Texas and the United States. In this episode, I'm your host, Tim Newman. I'm a partner at Haynes & Boone in Dallas and currently serve as treasurer of the Texas Young Lawyers Association. We're recording from AT&T's global headquarters in Dallas today, and I'm talking with Jennifer Morris. Jennifer is an assistant vice president and senior legal counsel at AT&T Services, and she formerly served as the president of TYLA. She'll be coaching us on how to work a room. Jennifer, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. And, and today we're talking about getting the most out of networking events. So why do you think that this is such an important topic? You know, I mean, short of being a really excellent lawyer, it's the, the next most important thing I think a lawyer has to learn how to do. And, and it's important both for getting to know opposing counsel, it's important for getting to know judges, and it's important for developing business. And and ultimately, developing business is going to be a a really important part of uh, your career and life. Uh, And a lot of lawyers do this really poorly. Why did you start thinking about this issue? Uh, When I got out of law school, we had done lots of receptions, you know, the recruiting receptions and all of that. And I didn't really notice that I wasn't particularly good at it because, of course, I was being recruited. But once I got to the law firm and we started going to these events, uh, me and a girlfriend, Dina DeNoyer-Stroh, were having this conversation and we realized we were really good at entering conversations and having conversations, really meaningful, long, significant, important conversations with people, and we could not figure out how to exit a conversation. <laughs> and bizarrely, one, one day, probably about a year into our practice, we were having a conversation about this very issue, and I said, you know, I can't figure out how to do this, and we th- talked about you know, who we should talk to. Uh, to get some advice and we realized there really wasn't anyone that that we could identify and we said we have got to go to school on this we got to figure this out and so that's why it became something that was important to me well we've also talked to you on this podcast series about preparing for a hearing do you prepare for networking events sort of like you do a hearing absolutely (laughs) (laughs) and you know and it may sound a little crazy uh but I, along the way, became very philosophical about how I spend my time. You know, we work long hours, and we have friends, we have family, sometimes we have kids. Uh, And so when we choose to spend our time in networking events, you want to make sure you're getting the most out of them. And so I think preparing for those events is critical. What sort of things do you do to prepare? You know, first I think about why I'm going. Uh, sometimes I'm going because I want to expand uh, my circle of contacts. Sometimes I'm going because there's a particular person I want to meet or a particular judge I want to meet. Uh, sometimes I'm going because I'm going to help somebody make connections. But trying to figure out the, the purpose of, of the event um, is my first step. The second thing I do is just a gut check, make sure I've got the right energy level for the event. You know, there are times when there's nothing you can do about it. You're just tired. You've had a long week, a long night, and you're going to go into this event. You're going to be flat. Uh, you're not going to be interesting, and you're just not feeling it. Uh, it's my opinion that you either go into these events with full energy, you fake full energy, <laughs> or you're wasting your time. Go home and sleep and spend time with your friends and family. 
I also, and we talk about this later, but I like to have a little snack before I go to these events. I hope I don't come across as crazy on this. I don't know if business cards are still in fashion, but I make sure I bring my business cards. And then I make sure I have an answer to the ubiquitous question, what's new? You know, you're going to run into people and it's going to be the awkward silence and someone is going to say to you, what's up, what's new, what's going on, how's things? And that's kind of a conversation killer, but an equal conversation killer is a response that says, not much, I don't know, nothing really. Uh, So I do ahead of time just give a, a little bit of thought to what's my answer to that question whether it's something interesting and substantive work-related that uh, I've been working on that I can share um, or something going on in current events, but really focus in on on the response to that question. You talked about your goals going into an event like this. Does your goal impact how you prepare? Sure. Um, If there's, if I'm going to an event, certainly when I was at the law firm and I was going to an event where I wanted to meet an in-house lawyer, uh, from a particular company, I would do a little research on that company and figure out what I could, make sure that when I'm talking to that person, I knew if they had any major mergers going on or if they were in the news for some reason that they'd had a significant trial recently or they were introducing a new product or had a change in leadership, uh, if they announced earnings, all of these things that are really, really important to the people in that business that we don't necessarily as lawyers think about. I would look into those things. Um, The other thing, if there was a particular person I was wanting to meet, I would do a little bit of work on the outside uh, to see if we had any mutual acquaintances. Um, And if I could just learn anything at all, if I could find a CV where I saw that they were involved in nonprofit work or had spoken recently or something like that, that just gave me a hook to have a meaningful conversation. Okay, so you're prepared, you're high energy, you've had your snack. You walk into the room, what's next? Well, you walk into this room and you see, you know, a sea of people and uh, you you have a decision to make. And most of us are going to head straight to the bar uh, just because that's human nature and the bar is really crowded. So maybe particularly lawyer nature, particularly lawyer (laughs) nature. I'm sure you're going to do a podcast on that issue down the road. Uh, But you have a decision. Are you going to get something to drink? Are you going to get something to eat? Or are you going to go immediately talk to somebody without uh, food or drink? And so that's the first step. I I keep in mind, this was not always the case. This is sort of my developed practices. But I always try to keep one hand free. So if you have a drink and you have some food... You can't shake someone's hand. You can't pass out a business card. You can't receive a business card. It's pretty limiting. And so I think about that. You also, there's a, there's a reason for either just having food or drink um, when you're trying to exit a conversation. And we can talk about that later. But just remember exit strategy. Okay, but let's say you've been working all day and you didn't have your snack. You're starving. All right. Does that change your decision? All right. We don't all keep power bars in our in our uh, bags. Uh, if you can arrive to the event early, it, it's a great move because you can get in there, get a little snack, go off to a corner before you need to go mix and mingle with people and get something to eat. I mean, one word of caution, especially for the particularly uh, new lawyers, networking event food is not good. Like, there, it's not that, it's, it's, there, there's nothing at that buffet that's going to blow your socks off. So don't worry about it. It's some, it's some you know, hard cheese, some stale crackers, 
you know, maybe you're going to get, you know, a lamb chop, but it, it's not particularly great. So you probably can, can get through without eating it. The other thing you can do is if, if you're at a, a, an event that's been planned well, you're going to have high tops. Those are those tables that are kind of up to your you know, chest or waist, mm-hmm. uh, no chairs. And so you can stand at one, put your food down, and have a drink, set it down, talk to people, mingle. So those are good for you. If you are going to eat, I think there are some rules that are very helpful. My number one rule is don't eat food that leaves waste behind. So if you have uh, something that has a skewer in it, <laughs> if you've got uh, if you've got to use a fork for your food, or those dang lamb chops with a bone left, unless you're at an incredibly fancy event, there is not someone walking around the room waiting for you to finish your piece of food and give them your stick or your lamb chop bone. Uh, so that means that you're hand- holding it in your hand trying to have a conversation with people. Much better just to, if you're going to eat food, like take a, you know, something you can just pop in your mouth quickly and, and off you go. And probably also not a good idea to leave a toothpick in your mouth or anything like that. Yes, yes, or put it in your, you know, there have been a few times where I've been desperate and, you know, I wrap the toothpick in a napkin and put it in my Absolutely. pocket. Because for some reason, there's never trash cans at these events either. Right. So, and don't put it in the planter. Someone is going to see you do it. It's probably going to be a judge. He's going to remember it. Always take the napkin. It's just good to have a napkin. I have a no fruit rule because if fruit, you either have to have a skewer, a fork, or you're going to eat it with your fingers, and then you get the sticky wet mess on your fingers. You mentioned getting there early yeah. a, a bit ago, and, and if I can add one comment there, I found that sometimes that can be less intimidating when you get there early because it's a smaller group. You know, If you're not particularly high energy or you're just not feeling it that day, it's easier to walk into a room of two or three people. And, and go up to one of them and start a conversation that it is to walk in and see a mass of people and have a decision to make about who you want to try to track down first. Yeah, that's exactly right. And be careful because if you do arrive with your friends, you want to make sure you make some sort of pact with your friends at the beginning. You, you know your friends, you know you like them, they like you. Uh, so set a set some time limit or something and just say, look, let's make ourselves go mingle for a certain amount of time, go meet some people and separate. Because sometimes it can be a little intimidating for other people to join your circle if it's sure. obvious that you guys are, have a, a, a bond or a connection. What about drinks? Drinks. You know, I'm sure that another podcast might say no drinks. I think drinks are fine. Uh, I like to, to ask for a half a drink. I know that's horrible, especially if you're paying for it. But um, having a half drink gives you an escape route down the road. Uh, and it also helps you monitor um, what you're drinking. But it, again, I just try not to have the drink and the food at the same time. So now you have your drink or your snack, whichever one you've chosen. What's, uh, what's next? Now what do we do? Well, now is the third thing, right? The whole reason we're here is to talk to people. And so do you want to go find an individual to talk to or do you want to enter a group? One thing to remember is that you're not alone. You are not the only person in that room that is there because you need to be there because you need to meet people but maybe not feeling completely comfortable doing it there's somebody else and there's probably multiple somebody else's by themselves standing there trying to figure out how to infiltrate as well so a very easy move is just to find someone that's by themselves walk up and introduce yourself you can also uh, advance kind of pro move 
join an existing group. Um, this can be tricky. You want to look for a group that's got an open circle. You know, sometimes these groups have a have a circle and it's all tight and closed. That means that 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 group is actually filled with people who don't know how to network very well. <laughs> uh, if you can find a circle that's open, that means you've got people who know what they're doing uh, and it's a receptive circle. So you walk up, introduce yourself. Um, I've certainly had that moment where you walk up to a group, they're in middle conversation and you stand there for this awkward period of time where they're continuing to talk. You, you haven't been introduced, you haven't introduced yourself and you're trying to like laugh with the conversation. So try to time your arrival when maybe the, there's a lull in that conversation. Well, one thing I've found helpful is if you do have a colleague that's at the event, maybe you didn't arrive together, but you're at the same event, sometimes it helps to walk up to their circle and maybe they're ready to exit that conversation. So they introduce you, that's you exactly join the right. conversation, and then your colleague can step out if, if she wants to. Yeah, if you can tag team with a friend or colleague, that's, that's so helpful in these, in these situations. How about during the conversation? What's, what sort of things are we focused on when we're having conversations? You know, you want to make sure you're making good eye contact when you're having a conversation with someone. I notice sometimes, and even I do it sometimes, if you are there for a reason you're trying to meet someone, you might be having a really good conversation with someone that could potentially be a great contact for you, but you spend your whole time looking for you know, the target of your night. Uh, so try to live in the moment truly and have a good one-on-one conversation with someone uh, without looking around the room. Probably don't need to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Put your phone away. Don't have your phone out. You know, it's a crutch, but it will cause people not to come talk to you. And again, you're just wasting uh, the time that you've got. Um, so far as topics, things to talk about, uh Current events are a great thing to think about before you go into an event like this. If you're out of town, it's really great to read up in the morning in the morning paper, see what's going on locally, uh, whether it's sporting events or just whatever's happening with the local scene. You know, make sure you ask questions. You know, a great way to get a good conversation going is just to ask someone questions about themselves. Uh, it helps them feel interesting, and they leave that conversation feeling a lot more positive. I mentioned be prepared for the what's new question. You know, I hate this question. It's such a lazy question. And whenever <laughs> I ask it, I just, you know, kick myself. Well, and I'm taking notes because I quite often start with this question what's as well. What's new, so. right? Right? <laughs> right? But if someone does or when someone asks you that question, if you've already figured out what your answer is, that sort of pre-event preparation is really paying off for you because this is your time. This is a when you're networking as a young lawyer, it's it's really easy to make a relationship or a connection with someone. It's not as easy to highlight your area of expertise or practice area or that sort of thing. And so the what's new question can be a great way for you to practice doing that because rather than saying, oh, I went on vacation last week or oh, I went to a show last night, you can say something about your practice that tells the listener something about what you do that they might remember. You know, careful that you're not you know, disclosing information you shouldn't disclose about clients, but sure. you can come up with something. I've been working on this really interesting project, and it's about X. The other thing is you know, figuring out when you're talking to somebody if there's something you can do for them. And that, it doesn't need to be substantive. That can just be, you know, are they new to town? Are they looking for a babysitter? Are they, you know, are they looking for a new hairstylist? Are they looking, whatever. But figuring out what someone needs and and being able to deliver that for them, a connection to someone else, a referral, uh, whatever it is, a CLE information, substantive information, 
uh, that's all good and helpful and a good thing to bring uh, to a networking event. Are there any topics you try to avoid? I am probably rabid about this. Um, and I know everyone is going to think that my first answer is, you know, no politics and religion and sex. But actually, my, my number one thing, if I could convince every lawyer to stop talking about how tired they are, how stressed they are, how hard they work, and how they didn't enjoy their vacation because they worked the whole vacation, I feel like I would have done my job. You know, when you hear someone talking about how busy and stressed they are, I challenge you to, to say that it doesn't make them sound self-important, it's boring, it sends the wrong message. Uh, if someone tells me for 10 minutes how busy they are, they've just told me they have absolutely no capacity to take any new matters from me. And so in addition to being a conversation killer, it's a really unintended consequence. I think lawyers have gotten into this habit of having this conversation because it's like this competition, I'm busier than you are. But it's really, you're really just saying words, but not saying anything meaningful at all. And again, it's just sort of wasting your time. Uh, and so try to cut through that and, and stop using that as a, a, a way to show, you know, how, how important and engaged we all are. Well, and it's also not aligned with being high energy. So That is actually, that's, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just, a, it's a real negative uh, energy. So you mentioned earlier needing an exit strategy. What do you mean by that? <laughs> okay, this was the whole reason <laughs> yeah. we did this, right? Okay, so if you're at an event, you're probably going to be at an event for an hour, maybe 90 minutes if it's a great event. You could have you know, 20 couple-minute conversations that go nowhere. Or you know, probably more preferably, you're going to have three or four meaningful conversations that are going to be 10 or 15 minutes long. But at some point, you've... You have exhausted that new conversation, you know, subject matter. Uh, there's not much else to say. You've learned what you need to learn, and you probably internally have thought, "Oh, this is someone I really want to follow up with in the future," or "We're not," uh, or "This is someone that is going to be a good friend in the future, but not not a business contact." Anyway, you've got to figure out how to get out of those conversations. Right. Um, because you've got to mingle so that you don't get stuck in one conversation all night long. I think early in my early days, I thought, man, if I just came in and I had this great conversation with someone for the whole event, then I was winning. Right. Uh, but probably you want to do better than, than one conversation. So there's a couple different ways you can exit conversations. The first is the most straightforward way. Uh, saying something like, look, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, if you happen to have talked about a particular thing you could provide to them, uh, I'm going to get back with you uh, tonight or tomorrow about that referral I, I mentioned, or I'm going to send you the article we talked about, you know, but really enjoyed talking with you. So good to meet you. Hold out your hand and they'll shake it and you guys go your separate ways. That's, that's number one. That's a great way to do it. That doesn't always work. And sometimes it feels a little awkward. Right. The Especially thing, if you don't have another conversation to go to immediately, it's a little awkward to walk really off true. and stand by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Uh, it's good to have identified someone that you're going to go to, except that you're supposed to be making eye contact the whole time with the person you're talking to. Right. Um, the, thing, the crutch I relied on for a long time as a young lawyer, and I still rely on it to this day, which I regret it telling people because now sometimes when I'm at events, they, they call me on it. But... <laughs> If you only have a drink in your hand, or you have a half a glass of drink, or you only have food, and you're at a place where you need that conversation to end and you need to mingle, 
very naturally, you can just say, you know what, I'm going to get a bite to eat, or I'm going to go get a drink. Or you can notice that they need it, and you can say, you look, you, you look like you need a drink. Nine times out of ten, just doing that breaks up your conversation because the other person is wanting to mingle as well, and they don't know how to do it either. And so if you do that, um, it breaks it up, and off you go um, to, to find someone else to talk to. What happens if the person sticks with you? <laughs> Uh, I like to call these people clingers. Uh, you talk to someone and, and and they're more socially awkward than you are. And they're like, for the love of God, I'm not leaving your side. You've been easy to talk to. Uh, and you say, I'm going to go get a drink. And they say, oh, me too. So this is where having a friend in the room is helpful. Also having open circles is helpful. So if you have a friend in the room, uh, you can bring this person to your friend and make an introduction. It's great because your friend now meets another person and the advanced clinger is meeting a new person. <laughs> you can introduce them and excuse yourself, and that can be pretty uh, uh, seamless. Uh, you can also identify a circle that is open, bring your person into the open circle, stand there for a little while, and then excuse yourself and exit. Uh, the final thing you can do, and I have had to say this a couple of times, uh, and it, it works, uh, is you just remind yourself and the person you're talking to why you're there. And so you say, look, I know we're supposed to be mingling. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I don't want to monopolize you all night. Um, you know, let, let, let's, let's, let's do a little bit of uh, mingling. And uh, it feels awkward to say it, but they know immediately that they ought to be doing it too, and ultimately they're thankful for it. All right, so successful event, you're done with the networking event, you're back at the office perhaps, or, or maybe you got to go home after the event. Right. What do you do after the event? Uh, immediately after, if I got any business cards from people and I had good conversations with them, I will just, even in my car before I drive away because I'm going to forget it, I'll jot down a quick, couple quick notes on the back of the business card. So if I know, you know, oh, they've got kids or um, they work at this particular Area, or they're interested in something, or oh, this is the person who's on the nonprofit board for you know United Way. Uh, just something that triggers a memory. Uh, I do that, and then I developed a practice. Probably when I was a young partner, of every Friday afternoon, I would sit down and write notes. Uh, so I got some stationery, just a one of the cardstock that's you know small, mm-hmm. um, so you don't have to write a long note. But uh, if I met somebody interesting or someone I wanted to add to my contact list and develop a, a relationship with, I would you know on a Friday afternoon just send a note. Really enjoy talking to you this week. Look forward to you know seeing you in the future or something. Just uh, just a touch that helps them remember that they met you as well because they may not have taken your card or they may not have made that note. But if they get that note, they're going to remember that conversation and better chance they're going to remember you in, your, in the future. Yeah, and I really like the Friday afternoon idea because sometimes Friday afternoon is a slog. That's exactly <laughs> right. Like, it's no time to be writing a brief. You know, right. I'm sorry if you were having to. Yeah. Uh, but it's a great time to be conscious about your client development and your networking. Absolutely. Any final words of advice for our young lawyers? You know, look, networking isn't easy and isn't, it isn't always intuitive. Uh, and, you know, we'd all would rather be with our friends and family. And so don't waste your time. I think that's sort of a theme for me. Uh, be prepared, have a game plan, execute your game plan, and then get home and, and resume your life. Jennifer, thank you for your time today. You're welcome. 
Thank you all for listening to Young Gunners from the Texas Young Lawyers Association. If you like our show and want to check out other episodes, they're available on our website, tyla.org, and wherever you get your podcast. If you have a topic you want to hear about, email us at tyla at texasbar.com or send us a tweet at at texyounglawyers using the hashtag younggunners. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. We hope to see you back here for another episode. Thank you.